week two of the NFL season. Welcome to the Over Six Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Zach the Bandit Burke, and with me as always is the Turf King, you know and love, Cameron Charlton. What's going on, buddy? Oh, you know, just coming off a fantastic weekend of golf and football, mainly golf. We, we can keep talking about the golf as long as we can. I mean, you're talking to the only two-time Hackers Invitational champion. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Well, congrats. Congrats. You guys earned it. You and uh, our friend Jake Cowell. Yeah, Jake from, uh, what is it, NFLBlitz.me. I can't remember. NFLBlitz.me, yeah. shout out. Yeah, I mean, you guys cleaned up. I mean, you won, won by eight strokes, and I mean, second place went to yours truly. And we didn't have a bad day. It's just you you were just out of your mind that day, though. Yeah, I, I played some pretty good golf, and it was uh, it was nice leading into Sunday, which was exciting. We had football again for the first time in a while. I mean, we had the Thursday nighter. Uh, kind of skip over that, I guess. I mean, who wants to talk about the Bills running over the Rams? Nobody. So we can skip over that game. Yeah, I mean, seriously, like, I, I we don't got to say much, but I did think the Rams looked awful on on Thursday night, and that was something that I wasn't too sure of. Like, we were both on the Rams, and you know, coming off the Super Bowl, you could say, well, the Super Bowl hangover, their D was excellent last year, um, but I mean, Stafford looked awful. Cooper Cup looked like he was the only player on the team who had anything to give. I don't – okay, that's the only thought I don't really like. Stafford didn't look awful. There's people saying noodle arm and stuff. He actually had some good passes. If anything, he overthrew a couple of them. The biggest issue the Rams had was Andrew Whitworth is a clearly a bigger loss than everyone thought. Andrew Whitworth has been one of the best tackles over the last, I don't know, 10 years. And their offensive line was horrendous. Stafford was rushed. He was sacked how many times? Seven times? Seven. Like – that was that was the biggest thing for me. He didn't look as bad. He looked rushed, but he didn't look noodle arm. He didn't look like Big Ben from last year. They were rushed. It wasn't as good as it should have been. But, I mean, I think they'll be able to figure it out. McVay will scheme stuff to get them open. And I'm not as worried about the Rams. The Bills looked really good, but I'm not superly concerned other than their offensive line was way worse than I thought. And the Bills' defense, especially getting pressure, is way better than I thought it would be. I mean, I think that this is like – it's it's, it's overreaction – like it was the overreaction Monday, overreaction Tuesday, overreaction Wednesday, until you know week two comes to the conclusion, and we know this just as well as anybody. It takes a couple of weeks to kind of figure out, you know, who's a pretender, who's a contender, where are we at in the in the process, you know, where, you know, is this is this a trend or or you know are we just looking at a one off kind of thing? So I mean, you can't really take too too much from it. I really like the way that the the Bills moved the ball in that game, but that's not surprising. Um, I just thought the Rams defense just looked really out of sorts. Um, Josh Allen is just a big man who got to basically do whatever he wanted all game. If he wanted to, you know, roll out of the pocket and run five, 10 yards, he had no, no problem doing that. Could throw it wherever he wants. Um, so, I mean, the way that they played the, the Rams, sorry, played that game, I just, there was just no chance they were going to win uh, and no chance that they were going to cover. Um, so last year when we did this, we into... did, sorry, I was going to say, sorry, sorry, Cam. the last thing that I was going to say was last year we went over every single game. Um, we're going to try to keep podcasts short, shorter this year until we get into kind of NHL season so that we can keep tabs on that kind of stuff. So Cam, do you want to do our records first and then we'll pick a couple of games that were kind of stand out because like, I don't know about you, but, um, I mean, it was a great Sunday for football. There's no doubt about that. Like, there was some definitely so good games, but. So I'll quickly mention the records, and then I'll quickly pop through each game, and you stop me when we need to discuss a game. 
So rough week for you. First week, seven and nine, not great, not it's horrible. Forty three percent. It's not terrible. Uh, oh for one in the locks. It's bad lock, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I was ten for six. Uh, oh for one on the locks, but we all know I can't take locks, so don't even bother. If I take the lock, fade it. You were the turf uh, quickly, king, not the lock king. Quickly moving through some of the games: Eagles, Lions. We were both on the right side there at Lions plus four. Colts, Texans. I can't believe you bet against my Colts or, or my Texans and went Colts. Texans tie the game. Uh, nothing too exciting there. Panthers, Browns. Come on, Panthers minus two. They didn't even win the game. The thing, the problem that I have with that game though is, is that I actually think like, I don't know. I mean, the, the Panthers didn't look awful in the second half. Like the first half, they looked awful. But if they just would have played like, you know, let's just say they played two quarters instead of one quarter. I mean, I think they win that game easily, in my opinion. I didn't think that um, that the you know I didn't think that Chubb and um, you know Kareem necessarily had the best games they possibly could have had. I thought the Panthers' defense actually was quite serviceable, as I thought they would be. But I mean, Baker just the, it's almost, I don't know what he's doing. I mean, this is one of the things that I would say comes out of Week One is is like revenge games were just not revenge games, and it's so hard like when you're capping and like that should have been a spot where. You know the NFL kind of did that on purpose, so to speak. I mean, they're probably guessing that that's. I mean, I don't know. I just find it pretty sus that he go that Baker's first game is the team he got traded from. NFL's great at setting up those matchups, and it was just really disappointing that you know Baker in the first three quarters did nothing, and um, you know, fortunately Carolina lost it on the wrong end there. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, the big biggest takeaway from that is Matt Rule sucks. Baker is average, but he can't try and pull a team. Why is McCaffrey only rushing it three times in the first half? Like some of that doesn't make yeah, any sense. Yeah, it's ridiculous. At the end of the day, we all know Matt Rule's bad. Yeah, moving along, 49ers Bears. You can't read into that game at all. We both were on the wrong side, but that game was just a mess. It was played in a swimming pool. I was saying but that game, by the way, Cam, is Michael Phelps could have helped that team in that one. Yeah, probably. But I wouldn't read anything to any of those players for fantasy. Anything in regards to that game going forward, Jags Commanders. Uh, I was on the right side there, minus two and a half for Commanders. I believe they won, didn't they? The what was the game? Sorry, Jags Commanders. Commanders won that game. Yeah, they did. I mean, the Jags had a lead in the fourth quarter, and then they just and I was like, I was ready to rub it in your face today because the Texans tied, and the, if the Jags would have won, it would have been sweet. But uh, Jags gonna Jag, baby. Uh, Steelers Bengals. We were both Steelers plus what six and a half. Game. They win that game in overtime. What a game! I mean, it was messy. Kickers missing it all over the place. We had a doink. Uh, Joe Burrow was horrible. He, he was not good. Jamar Chase still got looked good fantasy. Evan McPherson did not look like Money Mac. Just it was a weird game, but an exciting, good game. So entertaining. But that that right there is a Tomlin game. Like realistically, like you've got guys that are. You know, they're coming off their Super Bowl appearance. They obviously have, have been excellent. Um, you, they have weapons. You know they do and mix and chase, those kind of guys. And your team, I mean, let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. Like you're still going to have a good defense. But as we talked about earlier to start, like one of the things of concern is, sure, you have Deontay Johnson, but you've got, um, you know, if you got Trubisky at, at quarterback. And he's serviceable, but he's definitely not. You know, I know Big Ben struggled last year, but historically, like the quarterbacks that they've had have been like Big Ben's been there forever and he's been really good. So you don't have that kind of, you know, calming force. Again, I know, I know last two years have not been Big Ben, but, you know, offensively, I actually thought they looked pretty good. Um, you know, Najee was a little scary with a foot injury there, but 
apparently he'll be good. I know his uh, uh, Warren behind him was just a hot cake on fantasy uh, pickups this week. And um, yeah, I don't know. The game was just so entertaining. though, as messy as it was like going to overtime, like no, it was a pillow fight in overtime. Nobody wanted to kick that in. And the Steelers wanted another tie to start their season. I th- was it last year? They, they, the first game of the season they tied or was it the year before? I don't remember a season where they tied the first game. So they had one tie yeah. last year, but I thought I thought it was. Yeah, the they first had a tie game. last year, but it wasn't the first no, game. Well, of the year, maybe I'm mi- sure. maybe I'm misremembering. Uh, moving along, anyways, Ravens Jets. Nothing to read into here. Ravens took care of business. Not an exciting game. Saints Falcons. Saints are favored by five and a half. We were on the wrong side, but the Falcons just continue to falcon. They just choke. Like seriously, they should be te- teaching courses in CPR. Because they just yeah, they, they, there's so much choking all over the place. It's 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 absolutely brutal. And like, you know, shout out to our buddy Ryan, who's and and Coop and some other guys who are Falcons fans. Man, that's got to be tough. Like I was saying in our group chat, like seriously, anytime the Falcons have a lead going into the fourth quarter, I don't care how much of a lead it is. I'm betting the money line on the other side every single time it happens because it just hap- They just blow it so often that. Like, how can you not take the other side, especially if it's plus money going into the fourth quarter? Like, you have to do it. It's just getting insane. Like, these memes of the Falcons, like, lead, and they actually lost this game, they just keep adding scores to that, where it's like, oh, it's ridiculous. They seriously lost that game when they were up here? Oh, look, we can just add another score to that meme. It's getting more ridiculous. And, again, like, the Falcons fan, how do you be a Falcons fan anymore? Like, how do you be a Leafs fan when they keep blowing in the playoffs? These things correlate. How can you keep doing it to yourself? It's, yeah, I mean, it's not easy, but you love who you love. I'll, I'll, I'll read the text that I got. We were talking about it tonight because he was saying there's going to be a lot of positive Dolphins talk tonight. And I said, I have tempered expectations. We'll get to that. And he says, wait until you have 60 million dead cap. Uh, get a 16-point lead with 10 minutes left over your heated rivals and still lose. Nothing tempers expectations like that. If you had expectations coming into this Falcon season, who like there's ain't like I can't help you, brother. That's just that's the worst. You should have no expectations for the Falcons. I and I get you don't want to blow leads, but Cam's right. Like at this point, it's like me going into it's like the Leafs going into game seven. I knew like as much as I front and said I wanted them to win, like you go into a game seven with Tampa, I was like, Oh god, here we go again. Montreal, oh God, here we go again. Boston, oh God, here we go again. It's the same thing over and over, brother. You just kind of learn to accept it. Moving into that Patriots-Dolphins game, Patriots uh, plus three and a half, Dolphins favored by three and a half. I can't believe neither of us locked this up. I don't like locking our own teams, though, because it's like I just feel so dirty. scary, but this should have been a lock, and it turned out exactly the way we are. Miami's D looked really good. I think that was a super impressive. They had almost a 50% pressure rate against a good O-line. New England has a good O-line, and they had a 50% pressure rate. Uh, and Tua stayed away from the big mistake. That's the thing that's been the issue, and they stayed away from the big mistake. Yeah, and I mean, I, I look at some of the plays. I mean, like the the fumble that Byron Jones forced on the outside was a great play. I was just begging all, day, all game for uh, Mac Jones to get smoked because I'm like, a big hater of Mac Jones. I think he's garbage and people always compare him to Tua. So it's like, you know, that's the big thing with that. Um, yeah. I mean, that, as you said too, I mean, like the, when you're talking about Tua's big mistakes, like the one play that always comes up 
that people are like, oh man, what a throw by two is sarcastically. It's the one where, um, you know, takes a high snap, bobbles it, looks at Tyreek, throws it. That ball definitely got tipped or tucked. I don't know what happened to that ball because two, two doesn't throw the ball like that. If Tyreek was that wide open, he would have been gone, obviously. Um, to me, it looked like that ball that he threw was either tipped by the defender or he had to th- try and throw it around him and made the decision to throw it away into the gap. Either way, there's plenty of plays that I saw from that game where I'm like, man, there's a lot of our, and he took sacks like he did. He took a couple sacks and I was like, man, like there's times here where last year he would try to do too much or throw it away or really push, you know, push into a spot that he shouldn't. But every throw that he was doing, it was, it was perfectly placed. Accuracy was great. Um, there was definitely some zip on the ball. And, and I think the, the one thing I said to you in, uh, in chat as well was I said, hey, like I'm seeing plays and I know it's a different playbook than Brian Flores, but there's some, these plays and the way that this offense and playbook um, is designed obviously fits two or more. Obviously, like just the, the play action, the deception, like this is to his game. And it's nice to see that they actually have a coach and a game plan that fits his game instead of really just saying, here you go, kid, no all line, chuck it as far as you can and hope for the best. Yeah, just everything worked out really well and it just gets you excited. Like you don't want to overreact from a game that we expected, but a lot of the points that we were looking for over the summer happened. The team looks better. They look confident. And this coming week's going to be huge. You're facing the Baltimore Ravens, who are one of the favorites in the AFC. It's a big game to see where you are when it actually comes to the playoff picture. Because, yeah, they look good against New England. New England isn't any good. Let's be honest here. So it'll be a lot more interesting going into this week. You betcha. Fins up. Uh, Chiefs cards. Uh, <laughs> Chiefs favored by six. We we're both on the cards here. The biggest thing for me is the Chiefs looked really good. Yes. I expected the Chiefs to look really good. The cards having a 0% pressure rate, clearly having no J.J. Watt, no Chandler Jones is way bigger than we thought. Because a 0% pressure rate, like you can't build anything in your scheme to get some sort of pressure with a safety, a corner, anything during the game, blows my mind. And, I mean, I heard it was double XP this weekend, so I should have known that. I should have known it was double XP. Um, That's my bad. I'll take the L on that. Um I, yeah, I mean the cards put up points. Like they, I don't. That wasn't the biggest issue, but man, did the Chiefs ever look good? Like you talk about, and I, I even talked about this before about how, like, hey, like it might take Mahomes a couple games for looks. Nope, didn't matter. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had a great game. Um, Travis Kelsey had a great game, and I expect Kelsey to have one of his best years ever this year if he stays healthy. Um, just being, you know, that number one target. Um, you know, and. and it's it's it sucks to save. I mean, yes, losing Tyreek is obviously a huge loss. They're not going to tell you that it's not. But I mean, when you got a guy who can move like that, and and you have, I mean, how many teams Cam would be like if you could just say, hey, I'll give you Clyde Edwards-Helaire and I'll give you Travis Kelsey and Mahomes. Like, what else do you need? Yeah, and I don't know. Again, the biggest thing to me is we've seen Mahomes when he gets pressured. That's when he's bad. He wasn't pressured once in this game. So, like, again, I expected their offense to be good, even without Tyreek Hill. Like, Mahomes, Andy Reid are unbelievable at what they do. But what stops them is pressure, and they weren't pressured in this game one bit. Like, 0% pressure rate, that's almost impossible to do. So, again, KC looked good. I expected them to. I wasn't one of those people who thought, no, Tyreek, oh, Mahomes is going to take adjustment. No, Mahomes is Mahomes. I think they helped each other, and they're both really good players. But... 
again, the Cards D is just way worse than I thought they were. And we'll have to see if they can bounce back from it this coming week. Yeah, moving in, Giants, Titans. Titans are favored by five and a half. I was on the right side there. Saquon Barkley looks like he's back. We'll see if it holds up. Looked really explosive. I was impressed. Um, you know, I didn't pass up on him. I was thinking about taking him in, in like, you know, second round, third round. Didn't quite get there. I have no shares of Saquon, but um, yeah. I mean, yeah, he just, he looked like the orig- the OG. He looked like OG Saquon before all of his injuries and whatnot. So um, hopefully for him, he can keep it up for that. Uh, for that. Are, there, are, there, are the Giants leading that division? Uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of teams tied, so. <laughs> uh, everyone but the Cowboys. They are, they, they are, they are, uh, have, they do have a winning record for the first time in like, what what is it, 10 years or something like that? I don't even know. Long time. Six years? 2016? Yeah. Everybody in that division is 1-0 except for your division winner. Oof. That's not the best. Uh Packers-Vikings, again, another game one of us should have locked out. We were both on the Vikings, and it just seemed too obvious. Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up week one. That's all we got. I mean, Justin Jefferson looked amazing, but the Packers looked bad in week one again. Shocker. Uh, I mean, to shock nobody. The I mean, and this is one of the biggest overreactions, right? Is And I don't really know exactly what side I'm on on this yet, but, I mean, they – like the pack Packers just did not look good. Obviously, the, the absence of Devontae Adams getting traded to the Raiders is – has taken effect, and that's kind of what I—that's th- kind of what I thought was going to happen with Mahomes, and it didn't. But man, the Vikings looked good. Justin Jefferson had himself a game. Um, Dalvin Cook was fine. Kirk was was great. Like that team, like out of all the NFC teams, that team one hundred percent was the best team in that conference this week, no doubt in my mind. I'm not even going to even read that much into that game. Are we going to say New Orleans after last year, after the first week was better? Because I think they actually put up more points. No, you just can't read into that game at all. Don't read into Devontae Adams not being there. Any of that. They didn't have Alan Lazard either. I mean, Dylan and Jones look good, but it's – I just don't read into Green Bay in week one. It's overreaction uh, they, Wednesday. They still finished first in the NFC last year after getting absolutely dismantled and embarrassed by New Orleans in week one. So <laughs> just the same thing. I'm not going to look into that game at all. Yeah, everyone's overreacting to it. Raiders, Chargers. Uh, Chargers favored by three and a half. You were on the right side of that one. I was on the wrong. Uh, just kind of a weird game, messy game. Devontae Adams did what he did. Derek Carr made a couple mistakes. Uh, just, I think this is what this division is going to be, other than I can see it being higher scoring. Yeah, I mean, what did you think of Waller that game? I didn't see much of him, but uh, I he didn't wasn't around training camp much. I'm again, I'm not going to read much into that, so I didn't really watch much of that game. If I'm being honest, though, I, I mean, I watched the bit. I watched some highlights from it. Um, Herbert was fine. Um, you know, Keenan Allen going down with a hamstring injury is really concerning for me. I don't think that's. Um, I know I know he's an older vet. The bigger thing for me though is he struggled with a hamstring injury late last season. And now he's got another hamstring injury to start this season. So if I had shares of Keenan Allen, I'd be concerned. Um, they got lots of guys who are serviceable and can step up and, and fill the gaps on that for sure. Um, but he's still Josh Palmer season. Oh, it could be Canadian. It could Canadian. be. Um, yeah, I mean Raiders looked. I mean Derek Carr was not excellent. I would say Waller was disappointing. 
Um, if Waller has another bad season this year, man, what like that is such a, f- in terms of fantasy football, a fall from grace. Like he was the golden child two years ago where everybody's like, oh man, I got the game in the second round. And, and this year he was, he fell quite a bit and that like, he's just got to get his shit together. He, he's super talented. I just got to see more from him. Yeah. Last year he was so injured. So I'm not going to read too much into that. Just the injuries absolutely killed him last year. And then you see guys all the time who miss training camp off to a slow start. He was trying to figure out the contract. He's got the contract. I have no issues with Waller fishing, figuring it out. The only thing is his share is going to be down. His passing share, receiving share is going to be down with Devontae Adams there. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So something to – I did like how Stephen A. was talking about who's going to be the highest scoring team, and he, he picked the Chargers. And then he said – Molly asked him, well, who, who's going to win the game, Raiders or Chargers? And then he said the Raiders. We're paying these people, Cam. Yeah. Well, not us, I mean, but they're getting paid. Yeah. We're not getting paid. Sunday night football, Bucks at Cowboys. Bucks are favored by two and a half. Bucks took care of business. Cowboys suck. Let's move on. Again, the Eagles were going to win this division by quite a bit. Cowboys suck. Dak, no Dak, Dak injury, though. Six to eight weeks. Cowboys are going to suck. Jerry doesn't put him on IR because he's like, oh, he could be back in four. I'm like, dude, he ain't going to be back in four. Give him his time off. Uh, you have to feel for the guy, though, because from all accounts and people I've People I've talked to, he's like some of the ni- one of the nicest guys in person. Um, genuine nice guy, and just has had the worst injury luck the last couple of <laughs> the worst injury luck the last couple of years. So, um, and and Zeke, man, like I don't I don't know what's gonna happen with Zeke now that that Dak's gone. Like, are, are, is like are they is Cooper Rush gonna be able to? Like, is he gonna involve him? Like, or is is it just gonna be another sad? year for Zeke owners I mean the he should get a his uptick should go up rushing it but they have no offensive line like Dallas is just not going to be good it's going to be a mess there I yeah I am fading Dallas even more than I usually do that's well that's a lot so (laughs) moving in Monday night football a messy game Broncos are favored by six and a half the Seahawks pull up the upset and Russ's return I mean, just a weird game. Nathaniel Hackett wasn't very good, and everyone's going to go back to Hackett being a horrible coach. Hackett didn't fumble it twice on the one-yard line. That's true. He was not out there fumbling it twice on the one-yard line. Uh, A little more has to be taken on Russ, too, for not calling timeouts during some of those plays. He knows how loud it can be in Seattle, Russ. He knows that's going to be an issue. He should have been more well-prepared. Realistically, I still think Denver should have been able to cover this game. They were just terrible in the red zone. Geno Smith, Seattle came out with a good game plan and just kind of a weird game. It was, I'm not going to read it too much into this one or overreact too much. Uh, Denver should have won this game, just a couple bad fumbles. And, I mean, if Javante was in the end zone for that one, I would be up $1,000, so that would have been nice. But uh, moving along, uh, not reading too much into this. The Broncos were the better team. Seattle got the win. Yeah, and, and what a sweat for you, eh? What an absolute sweat. <laughs> it's just called getting greedy. Take Will Disley first touchdown, parlayed with Javante anytime in a Broncos win. That's just getting greedy. Yeah, well, I mean, we were we were all rooting for you. But, uh, man, I mean, Geno Smith started off the game 13-13. and 13. Like, you can't get much better. He looked absolutely on fire. And you're like, man, which, the, which team does Russ play for right now? Um, you know, big thing in that game, really. I know you're, you know, I, the, the two fumbles is one thing. Um, I was disappointed that 
you know, because I mean, Broncos like that would have, you know, it would at least gave my, gave me fifty percent on the week. It is what it is. Should have been easy. It wasn't. Um, at least week one is over with, and we can, you know, move into week two. I'm happy to be at forty three percent. That's that's recoverable. I think my worst week last year was like three and thirteen. So it's a lot better to start close to 50 percent than to start the year off like 15 percent. so we'll take what we can get but super entertaining uh first week i was up about 150 bucks this weekend um shout out to sgp for the disley touchdown that, that was helpful so anyway let's rock and roll in a week two you want to work in okay ready to go are I'm you ready. ready to work ready to go i'm ready to go It's week two of the over six NFL picks. Can I gotta pick every game against the spread all year long? Cam started off with a ten and six record. I started off seven and nine with both of us missing our locks. And this week we're going to turn that back around. Cam started us off with the Thursday night game. Thursday nighter, we have the LA Chargers going to Kansas City and Arrowhead. KC favored by four off of their big win. Hmm. Tough, tough divisional game. Yeah, divisional games are always they're they're never that fun. Unfortunately. This is one of the ones where again, like you'll start looking into stuff. I'm just gonna go with KC Andy Reid here. I just think they're better coach team. Their offense looked good, their defense looked okay. Uh, Chargers are coming off the Raiders game, so back-to-back divisional games. I just like KC to be able to do this here. I like the Chargers, and I like them to be high-scoring, but uh, I think the better coach is going to be better, and I think Andy Reid's better than Staley. So I'm going to take KC minus four. Yeah, I, I'm going to hop on the the KC train as well. I mean, reality is is that you know minus four, you're you're going into you know you're going into Arrowhead. So I mean. Last year, every time the Chargers were on the road, we took them to cover. Uh, both teams covered last week, so you know I, I just I have to go with the team that I think has the better offense. You take Keenan Allen out of the out of the mix. The you know the Chiefs' O line was obviously did did everything that they needed to do. I think they continue to do so. Um, I'm you know it, again it's it's tough in week two because you need you need to establish patterns and you need to make sure that you know you, nobody's a pretender or nobody's you know, in, in that kind of thing. I just think Kelsey, Mahomes, Herbert, and Palmer. I'm going to take Mahomes, Kelsey, and the champs all day long at home. Let's go, baby. Moving in Sunday, 1 p.m. We're going to start it off in New York where the Panthers head to the Giants. Giants are favored by two and a half. I'm taking uh, the Panthers uh, plus the two and a half. Um, I mean, you had such a disappointing you had such a disappointing game versus the Browns. I'm going to double down on this one. I think, you know, Baker's going to have a great game. We both know that the Giants are just not, you know, they're they're not going to be. Yes, they won, they won a game. Congratulations, everybody who's a Giants fan. Um, but I mean, at this at this point, it's over. Uh, Panthers didn't cover last week. Giants did cover. There's a theory out there going around that you need to take a team that didn't cover every time versus a team that covered the week before. I will ride with that. Give me Panthers plus the two and a half. 
on the road. Yeah, I mean, Giants look much better than I thought they would. Brian Dable seems to have a really good plan on offense. Uh, but I think this comes back to, I think in week one of facing the Browns, Matt Rule just got Baker do whatever he wants. He wanted him to have the revenge game. He was going to let him do whatever he wanted to. I think we're going to have a better game plan around C-Mac this week. And the Panthers are just going to be a better team overall. I'm going to take them plus two and a half here as well. Let's go. Chalk City, baby. Moving along, New England heading to Pittsburgh. New England, two and a half point favorites on the road. Get out of here. No chance. You want to go first? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Steelers missing TJ Watt for a bit. That's going to hurt. Their defense is just still too good. Are the, where are the Patriots scoring points? Like, dude, they're... the Steelers don't need much, but the Patriots aren't going to be able to score to cover two and a half. So you're going to give me the Steelers plus two and a half at home all day long. And you can say, I mean, it's Tomlin versus Tomlin versus Belichick. They're they're very well known to each other. Um, you've got Mac Jones versus Trubisky. Um, Steelers D is significantly better than the Pats D, in my opinion. Um, I mean, the, the the Steelers last week showed against a very serviceable Bengals team with better, like better, way better weapons than the Pats have, and they beat them last week on the road. So you're gonna give me two and a half on the Steelers at home. <laughs> give me that all day. Mac Jones sucks. Moving along, Bucks at Saints. Bucks are favored by two and a half points. Um, I'm not buying the Saints hype here. Uh, th- the biggest thing that I've seen floating around was the Bucks injury list this week, and you know, I, I, I'm just. I'm just not buying it. I think most of those guys are going to play. This is like a classic scare tactic. You know, one of the guys we chat to all the time talks about the NFL being rigged. I think you're going to see a ton of money on the Saints this week uh, at, at the plus two and a half people banking on the injury list. Um, and I think that in a, in a divisional game, um, yeah, Tom Brady and that team just going to go out and they're just going to fuck shit up. Two and a half points is not enough. You're telling me that I, that Tom Brady, all we need to do is win by a field goal against a division rival with a team that, yeah, okay, Michael Thomas had a good game last week. Taysom Hill had a good game last week. Taysom Hill and Michael Thomas and uh, Jameis Winston are not beating Tom Brady. So, Tom Brady versus the Saints since being a buck in the regular season. 0-4. It's time. Big things for me, no Sean Payton anymore. No, Sean Payton. That's number one. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore does have Mike Evans' number. One-on-one, he drives Mike Evans crazy. So if Godwin's hurt, Julio's hurt a little bit, that does impact it. I am on your side, though. I think this uh, the trend has to change at some point. The Bucks are a better team, especially this year. Uh, this wouldn't shock me if it's a shootout, though. But again, I'm going to take the Bucks here to win this game. So minus two and a half. We are four for four riding together, buddy. That is a scary. That is very scary. If it's this obvious, we got to start changing it up here. Heading to the dog pound, the New York Jets go to Cleveland. Cleveland favored by six and a half points against the Jets and Joe Flacco. Ooh. Give me the Browns here. The Jets suck. The Jets just suck. They're not going to be able to stop the run. They struggled against Baltimore last year. Was or last game wasn't much of a game. They tried throwing it like, what, 60-something times Joe Flacco did? Mm -hmm. They can't do that again. The Browns' D is good. Browns are going to cover six and a half here. 
just it seems like a lot of points. I I know the Jets only scored well, they scored nine last week. Uh, okay, I'll mix it up. I'm just gonna be a dumb dumb. Give me the Jets plus the six and a half. Somehow they'll sneak it out. I think maybe Buddy the Elf or whoever the crap is on the Browns middle of the field is going to be a curse for them. <clears throat> maybe it'll be a little Michael Carter game. Maybe Joe Flacco is going to be embarrassed by the fact that his revenge game didn't work out so good. And they were playing a Ravens team last week. It was quite good. So, And the Ravens are obviously better than the Browns. Um, seven points for a Browns team who's going to run the ball and keep the game close is a lot. So, yeah, give me the Jets plus six and a half. I'll mix it up. Moving along, heading to Detroit. The Commanders head to Detroit. Lions favored by one and a half. This is going to be, I think, a crazy bet game. This is a pick em. I got a minus one and a half. That's pretty much a pick em. Detroit minus one and a half at home. Give me Commanders plus the one and a half. I, I'm, I know that the Lions have been covering machines, but... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I didn't mind what I actually saw from the the commanders last week. I mean, both of these teams covered last week. Um, you know, the Lions actually did quite well against the Eagles, but I mean, they let in a lot of points. And I think Washington's defense is probably slightly better than than Philly's. It's close, but Washington's offense is significantly worse than Philly's in that division. I would say. I wouldn't say like their defense is that far off. It's not as good, especially their secondary. But uh, yeah, uh, their offense is worse overall. I mean, this to me, this is easy. This is the Lions minus one and a half at home. Dan Campbell's going to have these guys ready to play in their home opener. Their home opener, right? They were in Philly last week. Hmm, I don't know actually. They were at home last week, I believe. Okay, they were at home last week. Either way, I'm taking the Lions here. They're going to cover this game. They're a better team. Their offense is going to be dynamic all year. If you take away Jared Goff from that, their offensive line is unbelievable. Two good running backs, uh, lots of receivers to use. Their offense is really good. Commander's defense is okay, but their offense isn't get very good either. Kurtz and Wentz is going to show some issues here. Give good field position to a good go offense. Detroit all day. Just so you know, it's the 1-0 Commanders versus the 0-1 Lions, so I'm going to take the team with a winning record. What are you going to do in this next game, then? We have Indy heading to Jacksonville. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Indy, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Neither uh, one. Jeez, you, you got to take the Colts, right? Like, you just look... How do you... This is still my favorite stat from last week. The AFC South is Owen, or doesn't have a win yet this season, and two of them played each other. It is It is good. It, it's it's. How do you not take the Colts here? Like, do, do you not think they got embarrassed last week? Against the Texans, like that tying that game is embarrassing. Are you getting off your Jags hype now? I think they're going to start the O and you're O and two. How are they going to pass the Texans? Well, they just have to beat the Texans twice. It's not that hard. Yeah, but they, if they lose one of those, that tie is going to come in huge. It could. Just remember, remember that tie. Uh, I don't. I, I just okay. The Colts are winning the division. If they don't win this game, are they winning the division? Because they'll be O one and one against. Like, no. Like, Colts are winning this game. There's no doubt about it. Give me Colts minus the, month, minus the points. Yeah, I'm going to take the Colts here as well. Matt Ryan sucks. I actually, after watching that game, I'm not sure Matt Ryan is better than Carson Wentz anymore. Like, I'm not at their convinced. height, he, wa- he was. Oh, 
for sure. That's not a question. Right now, if you had, if I had a choice of quarterback this Sunday, I don't know which one I'd choose. Don't make me pick. <laughs> don't make me pick. I don't want either of them, really. The last game on the 1 p.m. slate, Miami heading to Baltimore. Baltimore favored by three and a half. <sighs> Give me the fins plus three and a half, baby. I'll take that all day. You lose by a by a field goal, no problem. Um, I, you know, I think Baltimore. I mean, I think actually Miami and Baltimore had relatively easy games last week. The one thing that I really liked from Mike McDaniel's was he said, you know, if 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 there's if we're going where we think that we're going, uh, you know. That game, our first game of the year, should be the worst game we play all year. I definitely think they'll they'll clean some stuff up. Um, the one thing that we struggle with for sure is is the run at times. I find defensively we we give up some yardage and some and some kind of dip and dive kind of stuff. But if Lamar is going to try to be Lamar where he, where he throws the ball, like Duvernay is not getting like he's they're, they're not throwing the ball to Duvernay twice in the end zone. Like that stuff's not going to happen. Um, X and Byron will lock it down there. So it really all comes down to, hey, you know, how can this, you know, how can Miami's O-line support Tua? Can we get this scheme going against Baltimore? I think that we have a good chance. I don't know if we win, but I definitely think we cover the three and a half. Yeah, I actually like Miami's matchup against Baltimore quite well. I like a lot of things going both ways. The injury reports for Baltimore not looking good. But if there's anything I learned off last week is that Vegas really wants you to take three and a half points and they don't want you to lay the three and a half. They have that number set like that. So you're scared of it. So this might be a little bit of a happiness hedge, but I'm going to take Baltimore minus three and a half. That just seemed what Vegas wanted us to do or what didn't want us to do last week, which would have made us money is taking the three and a half. So I'm going to do it here. I understand the happiness hedge. Also, if all of our picks the same, it's not as fun. Moving into the 4 p.m. slate, we're going to start it down at SoFi again. Atlanta heading to the L.A. Rams. Rams favored by 10 and a half. It's a lot of points. No, it's not. The Rams, <laughs> after what they did in week one, against Atlanta, who is not going to have a pass rush like Buffalo's, whose defense isn't going to be like that. Sean McVay is going to come up with a scheme here to put up a ton of points, embarrass the Falcons. The Falcons aren't good. They just blew a massive lead. I mean, the good thing is, is they won't get a massive lead this game. Give me the Rams 10 and a half. That's a lot of points, but it's not. That's a lot of points, dude. I, I just don't. I mean, th- this is the thing. Betting against. Uh, fine. Give me the Rams. The, the-, the theory it holds true. Falcons covered last week. Rams didn't cover. Take the team that didn't cover against the team that did cover. Rams minus 10 and a half. Fine. But caveat being that would I be shocked if the Falcons were close in the third quarter, no. The Rams could still cover the 10 and a half and when they put up 21 in the fourth quarter. So that's why I'll take it. But somehow it could be it could be a close game. I don't know. If Corderell is going to do Corderell things, like he looked great in week one. Yeah, I don't think they want to use him as much there. Williams getting injured was the big thing, and they're going to have the rookie Tyler Algier dress this game, so they're not going to try and use Cordell the same way. But, uh, yeah, I can't bet on these Falcons. Is Kyle Pitts going to be, like, unplayable in fantasy soon? Like, what is going on with this dude? Every single time I draft him, I'm disappointed. Last last two years has been disappointing. 
I mean, his target share is still there. I mean, last year it was just touchdowns that were disappointing. He still finished, what, three or four as the tight end? Had over 1,000 yards. It's not really disappointing. If you're disappointed that out of your tight end spot, then your expectations are Travis Kelsey, and that's too much. That's fair enough. Um, yeah. Moving along, Seattle heading to San Fran. San Fran favored by eight and a half. Mm. Yeah, give me San Fran minus the points. I I, I think the Seahawks hype train is going to run into trouble here. I mean, you're on – you're, you're going on the road. I mean, it was pretty obvious on in Monday night's game that, you know, that was super, that stadium is super valuable. I mean, how many, the 12th man, like how many uh, delay of game penalties were there? Four or five? Like it was outrageous. And now part of that's coaching and part of that's rust. But I mean, dude, like that stadium is just unbelievable. So now you're going down on the road, coming off the high of that win. I didn't think Seattle looked that good. I really do think the Broncos should have won that game by like 14 to 20 points. And they didn't fumble those two and they, you know, had converted. Like, I mean, Williams down the stretch had a line to the end zone and, and couldn't get there, which I thought he should have. I mean, they should have won easily. And the Niners will have a bee in their bonnet after week one. So, yeah, give me the Niners minus the number. Yeah, give me Seattle here all day long. And my only reasoning is is I need to some, see something way, way, way more from Trey Lance before I take him covering an eight-and-a-half-point spread in division. I haven't seen anything from him in his four NFL starts. I mean, one of those, again, last week we don't want to read into. But eight-and-a-half points in a division game for him, I don't care. You can't do it. So, Seattle plus eight-and-a-half. Moving along to Mile High City. Is Russ going to get it back in track? Yes. Houston heads to Denver. Denver minus 10. Ooh, yes. Yes. Give me the Broncos no. minus 10. Ross is going to cook. I mean, again, this goes back to the Broncos did not. If this theory works, I'm going to be a freaking genius, uh, which I, it's somebody on Twitter threw it out there. And I was like, that's interesting. It seems to actually work sometimes. Texans covered a game that, frankly, they probably should have lost. I'm not high on the Texans and I have been, I was high on the Broncos and I, and I do not believe that they're going to make the same mistakes that they made in game one uh, or week one uh, against the Texans. I think they're going to take care of business. They're going to take care of business at home and McManus is going to kick like six field goals because the air is going to be so thin. Maybe they line them up from 61 again. Maybe you'll make that one. Uh, yeah. I mean, give me the Broncos minus. I mean, I'm high on the Broncos too, but I'm high on this Texans team. This is going to be your AFC South division winners. Going to give me ten points. Get I think Denver's going to win this win this game pretty easily. But you know what? I got to ride with my Texans, not ride with the Broncos. So Texans plus ten. They're not winning the division. You know that, right? Who's in first right now? I don't care who's in first right now. The Texans are not winning the fucking division. Like it's not happening. Colts are gonna. They're gonna win the. No, no Colts are gonna win the division like three or four games. Not even close. Moving along, heading down to Las Vegas, the Cardinals head to Las Vegas. Raiders are five point favorites. Ooh, ooh. Give me the cards here. Uh, I think there was a lot of things went wrong for them in the first game. I think they're gonna have a better plan here. Uh, the Raiders, I don't think, are as quite as good of a team. KC and everything that brings KC brings 
Um, so I, I think the Cards are going to figure out a way to at least cover these five points. Vegas isn't a huge home field advantage either. And Vegas is like two four, minus 240 on the money line too. Like you get a plus 198 for Cards on the road, like – that's, or whatever it was. That's what I've got. But that's a nice number. Like, I think there's value there. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll ride with that. I'll take the cards as well. Moving along, heading down to Dallas. Cincinnati, seven and a half point favorites heading down to Dallas. Yeah, give me Cincy all day long. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think, yeah. Dallas has no O-line. They have no quarterback. They're missing receivers. Gallup might be back, but C.D. Lamb doesn't even look that good, even with a high percentage. You, you know, just can't bet. Like, Micah Parsons is good. Micah Parsons is good. Micah Parsons, Dallas is, has that. Micah Parsons is great. Dallas has that going for them. But, no, since he's going to come out and win this game pretty easily and put up a lot of points. If you own Jamar Chase this week, it's a great week to own him. Like, if they lose week one and Dallas basically loses everything that they had that was good is is not not the greatest recipe. We're taking a lot of big numbers today, Cam. I'm on the Bengals as well. Yeah, and we got even more big numbers. Sunday night football, Chicago Bears head to Green Bay. Green Bay 10-point favorites. Uh, yep. Give me the Bears plus the points on the road. I know we can't read too much into that game, but Justin Fields did not look terrible. That I will say. Like I think, yeah, like ten, like nine and a half is a even. lot. Here's the thing: who does Aaron Rodgers own? The Bears. What happened last week? Aaron Rodgers didn't show up in Week One again. He's going to show up in Week Two. They can't afford to lose games like this. Aaron Rodgers is going to take out all that frustration. Tell Chicago he owns them again, and the Green Bay is going to win this back big. Aaron Jones is going to be involved. Alan Lazard, healthy, if he can be healthy this game, will be huge. Give me Green Bay minus 10. Well, they're going to win. There's no doubt about that. I'm not taking the Bears to win, but I'm taking the Bears to cover 9.5 points against a team that looked awful. Moving along, Monday Night Football. We got a doubleheader on Monday Night Football this week. Starting it off, we have Tennessee heading to Buffalo. Buffalo, 10-point favorites. Oh, dude. I mean, how many times can you take Buffalo to cover that? Um, Give me Tennessee plus 10 points. I'm going to go against the grain here. Going to go with the theory. Bills covered. Tennessee didn't. I'm going to try it out this week, see how it goes. I could be down in the whole big – I mean, Tennessee's just going to try to slow this game down. I think that's really my only angle is, is they're really just going to try to give it to Derrick Henry, run the clock off, and try to keep it as close as they possibly can and give the Bills like six, seven, you know, six to seven possessions all game. I think that's going to be the game plan. Try Kind of similar to what the Pats tried to do to Miami. Um, and I don't know. Maybe maybe Tannehill can hook up with Traylon Burks. I'm not too sure, but I just I just know public money is going to be all over the Bills, and I'm okay going counterintuitive here because I just have this gut feel that somehow this is going to be even if it's a seven point game, seven point game Tennessee covers. I don't think and you're going to say I know what you're going to say you said the smirk on your face. You're thinking, well, they fucking blew the Rams out by like 21 points. Why the fuck would Tennessee? Uh, why would Tennessee be within 10? I totally agree with that angle. I just think that 
hey, I mean, they're not going to blow everybody out by fucking 14 points every single game. Tennessee won the division last year. They're going to they're gonna have something up their sleeve. Yeah, Tennessee's defense is worse. Their receivers got worse. Derrick Henry is not going to be as explosive as last year. Ryan Tannehill really sucks. This Bills team's really, really good. Tennessee just lost to the Giants. Would build being big favorites. Buffalo's going to win this game. They're going to embarrass Tennessee. Tennessee is not a good football team. Again, whether we... I mean, you definitely don't agree with Houston winning division. My hottest take all offseason has been Houston finishes second in this division. Tennessee may finish last. They're not a good football team this year. They're missing a lot. So Buffalo minus 10. And now we're, ro- now we're rolling here, buddy. Now, now we're like on the opposite of all. I swear I'm not doing it just out of spite. Now we have the Minnesota Vikings heading to Philly. Philly, two and a half point favorites. Give me the Vikings. Don't care. I think the Vikings are a significantly better football team than Philly is. I didn't. Ha- I didn't have Philly winning their division. Maybe that was a mistake. It very well could be. I mean, they did look decent. Jalen Hurts looked decent last week. That's for sure. Um, I'm going to take the. Now it is a primetime game, and it's Kirk Cousins. So that's something that I'm a little concerned about. It is. I'm a little concerned about that. But if the Vikings lost by one point, which they did a lot last year, then they cover. So, yeah, I mean, to me, the Vikings is an easy choice here. Yeah, the primetime Kirk is the thing that's scaring me away. I just think their offense looks so good. I think their offense is going to be able to put up a ton of points because Detroit just put up a ton of points. You saw what uh, DeAndre Swift could do. You see Cook. You see Jefferson. Minnesota is going to be able to put a ton of points and keep this close. So give me Minnesota plus two and a half. I like it. How many are we against each other? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, seven. Okay, so pretty much half. So that's not terrible. Yep. So it is your turn this week mm. to make the first lock. I'm going to, oh, I don't know. I'm going to lock up the Minnesota Vikings at plus, was it one and a half? Two and a half. Two and a half. I'm going to lock up the Vikings plus two and a half on Monday Night Football. I think they're going to get the job done. They're going to win outright. Um, if I'm betting this game, which I probably will, I'm probably taking Vikings minus two and a half or minus three and a half. Um, I think they're going to win handily. Um even with Kirk Cousins in primetime, I get it. I just think that they're a different football team. Jefferson's up for another big year. And if you want to be, as I think, the Vikings are probably maybe primed to be one of the best teams in the NFC this year. Now, that granted, that doesn't mean a whole lot because the NFC kind of sucks. If you want to be up there and if you're actually serious about contending for a Super Bowl, these are games that you need to win. And I think they get the job done here. Uh, lock it up, Vikings, plus two and a half. Yeah, I again, like that. We had the same pick there. I'm going to go contrary here and do something I really don't like doing, but, I mean, my locks have never worked in the first place. Let's go LA Rams, minus ten and a half. The biggest thing last week is Buffalo's pass rush was really good. Uh, Falcons don't have a pass rush. So with no pass rush, I think McVay's going to be able to scheme something up for Stafford, for Robinson, for Cup here, for Daryl Henderson and really figure out how to put up a ton of points. He wasn't real happy with how much they got embarrassed. I just think it's a massive bounce back for the LA Rams. They're not happy to be 0-1. They're going to realize if they want a chance at a Super Bowl, this is where it starts here. So minus 10.5. Atlanta sucks, by the way, too. So that helps. 
It does. I mean, would I'm just waiting for this sweat where Atlanta's leading in the fourth quarter and we get to, like plus money on the Rams. That'd be the that'd be great. I'm not kidding what I'm saying. Every time I see Atlanta take a lead, I'm 100% betting the opposite way. It could be first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. I don't care. If I get plus, I mean, plus money or like minus 100, I'll take it every time. I mean, there's got to be a good chance it happened. It seems to happen a lot. So, well, We probably shouldn't rip on them too much. I mean, we did beat Miami last year, so that sucked. So did the Jags, which is also embarrassing. Man, what what a year it could have been last year for Miami if we didn't absolutely fuck the dog against bad teams, eh? Yeah, there's so many different things that you could touch on for that. I mean, I bet you there's so many team other teams that feel that way who we don't watch as closely. So that's fair enough. It is, you know what? Now that football season's back, like I'm already in this spot where it's midweek, like we're recording on a Wednesday, and I had like fifty, sixty dollars in props in the Jays game tonight. Which, by the way, I cleaned up, got two out of three for basically plus 140 tonight. So it's a great night. Um, but I'm in a spot where like gambling season's back, NFL's back. And I'm like, man, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, I'm like, I got nothing to watch. Like, <laughs> how is it last week? I hadn't placed a bet in like two, three months. And now this week, I'm like a, back to being a full fucking degenerate. I don't know what. I don't know what the NFL inspires you to do, man, but it's just, it's a ridiculous drug. So, Burke, touching on all that then. So, I imagine you've already got a couple same game parlays going for Thursday night football. Yeah. What is your favorite prop that you're betting consistently right now? Uh, let me pull it up here for you. Um, I mean, the one prop that I really like, and it's mainly because. It's mainly because he had a bad game last week. I really like Eckler rushing yards. Whether you pick 50, whether you pick 60, whatever the case is, I just think that he, because of the the way that it happened last week, and he really kind of got shut down and was overall disappointing. Um, You know, the fantasy world is freaking out this week about it. And I mean, that's always normal. You always have overreactions. I just think that he's, he's quite good and due for a, you know, I think he's due for another good game. So to me, a really safe one is just Eckler 60 plus. 60 plus isn't hard. Like if you get three good runs of 10 to 15 yards, all you need, and that's on three carries, which is not that hard for a guy of his talent. If you get another, you know, whatever, 10 yard, like 10 carries for two, three yards, you're easily covering the 60. So that one I think is super safe. Yeah, I don't hate that one, but for me, like I just I don't like it huge. I like the more combined yards with them. Uh, he just has worked so much in the passing game that I think combined yards is more important than rushing yards. The spread's going to be or the total's going to be high. It's at fifty four points right now, so they think KC is going to score. So that means less rushing overall for both teams. Lots more passing. Eckler's what used it well in the passing down. So I'd go combined yardage. I don't know what it's at, but I feel pretty good about that. What's, Especially with no Keenan Allen. Yeah, no Keenan Allen's big. Is it going to be a Williams game or what? Yeah, I think Mike Williams. And then, I mean, everyone's still really high on Josh Palmer this year. So, let's see the Canadian kid ball. Well, I, I, I love to see it. I mean, we got our – Jake wants to see Palmer ball. That would be – that would be lit. I don't know what else I have on that. Uh, I don't know what else on that game that I have that I really, really like. I mean, I've done a couple of – you know, I've done a couple of bets, but I'm just kind of like, like the one thing that I really am liking right now is like the margin wins. So like I have KC to win between one and 13 and it's slightly better odds than taking the spread. 
because it's because it's it's a four way, right? So it's either one and thirteen over fourteen, or the other team one to thirteen over fourteen. So I like the I like KC one to thirteen. Um, I think it's like plus like one fifty or one forty or something like that. So anytime I get a game that's that that's close, and I'm like, okay, well, if I'm gonna take the spread, I might as well take. I might as well take one to 13 if I think it's a close game. So that's going to be something I'm going to try a little bit more this year. Um, Cause just the odds are just a little bit better. Instead of being minus minus one ten, and you know, if I, if I think it's going to be a blowout and you're going to get burned on that from time to time, but if I think it's going to be close and it's like a one, two point spread, I'll take the one to 13 margin and take the extra money. That's what I've kind of liked. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, just the only one that I keep adding to a couple same game parlays. I really like Clyde Edwards or Lair to get a touchdown. Anytime touchdown CEH to add to it. Just you saw the two touchdowns he had. He they're scheming a ton up for him, especially in the red zone near the goal line. They're gonna get those opportunities this game, so I think they're gonna do it again. So C E H anytime. I love it. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at over six sports and uh, at Zach Burke over six and at C Charlton Turf. And as always for the O6 Sports Podcast, I'm Zach DeBannaberg. With me, the man you know and love takes care of your greens. His season's shutting down soon. It's just Cameron Charlton. The Turf King, Cameron Charlton, 2022 Hackers Champion with Jake Powell. Thanks for listening to O6 Sports. And we will chat with you next week.